Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasalan. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadef. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings and may peace be upon you all. What up, what up, what up? It's Asada. Thank you for tuning in to Gathering of the Grills. That's where you are Tuesday mornings here at the Female Solution, giving big props to Sister Naima Latif, who makes this possible and allows us to do Gathering of the Griots right here on the international video waves. But before I – I'm not even going to utter a word about the show yet because when I do the book fair, I do a thing in the beginning of the main book fair where we ask – we do it for the small ones as well – but we ask for the permission of the elders to speak, right? and to give us permission to speak, really, right, and give us permission to start. So wanted to do this um, again, my man Amandilo, Lord, he's so powerful. But this is a tribute to the literary elders that have passed on. They are now ancestors. And we're going to play this first to set the tone and ask their permission from above to begin this show. So you all take a look.
Hold on, y'all. Y'all know I got to get this right now. Hold on. Let me get it right. Okay, hold on. Don't y'all worry about it. Osada's going to get it. Okay, here we go. Look, y'all. This is, it's not like a video on YouTube, but it's so powerful. So y'all just bear with us, sister, real quick. Okay. All right, let's see. I'm going to get it back. And if I, if I, oh, here it goes. All right, let's see now. All right, there we go. Here it comes. Oh, yeah, hold on. It's powerful. I ain't going to miss not one minute. Okay. Here we go. For you guys. I know y'all can hear it, but hold on. I'm going to get you so you can see it. Y'all got to bear with me one minute, okay? I'm going to get it right. I promise. This is why I need me a, a lovely uh, engineer. All right. So let me do this because I want to make sure I get it right. And you know how the physical universe is. When you got something powerful, Sometimes you get something that's try to stop you, but we're not going to allow that. And I'm going to make sure that this shows because it's so strong. And I know that Amandilo did such a great job at highlighting these five or six elders that were in the literary community but passed on. But, man, when I saw this, I just started like, oh, God, please don't let me cry on the show. So if I do cry on the show, it's okay. Y'all, y'all just be all right with that, all right? So hold on one second, and um, it's just so worth showing you. We're going to make sure that it happens. So um, let me go here, and then I'm going to go here, and here, and here, and I'm going to make sure you can experience what I'm experiencing. Um, let's see. Oh, I know how I can do this best, guys. Hold on one minute. I'm so glad y'all are with me this morning. And, yes, if you're seeing this on video, thank you for being here because we put a lot of energy into this. And today we're going to be dealing with a very important topic. Um, and I'm going to make sure that, you know, we get to the get to the gusto of it, okay? All right, here we go. All right, here we go. And now I finally got it. Oh, yeah, there we go. All right. And let's get it playing for you. (laughs) 
close at hand because, man, to see those elders that I know contributed to the Soulful Chicago Book Fair, I'm so thankful to them for being a part and um, just loving you. I'm a dealer for having that already done. Man, we're a good team. Boy, we're a good team. Thank you so much. And, um, yes, just got to say thank you and much blessings to those ancestors who, yes, those are our literary, black literary ancestors, and I know they def, they always supported me, and they definitely would approve of the work we got to do today. So we good with that. So thank you so much. I don't know. I might have to open my show with that every week just because they can, so that they can bless the space. So anyway, you guys, thank you for being here today. We are going to deal with a book that I wrote because the topic is so heavy. And it's so present in our community. One day it won't be, but um, that's the crusade that I'm helping to start. Yes, indeed, the stopping of beating our children. Um, My first book is called Beating Black Kids, 
And Beating Black Kids is a book that I wrote because of a situation. I actually, um, I had, I'm going to make sure this is framed up there. I had a stroke in 2009, and um, it left me in the hospital for three months. And when I had that stroke, uh, I did not allow my daughter to come see me. That was for three months because I just didn't want her to see me in the hospital like that. I did not want to have that in her memory banks. And so um, when we, when I returned home and my daughter was around me, um, I had a friend watch over myself and my daughter. And uh, my daughter expressed her anger one day, and she found some money. It wasn't a lot, but it was real money. And she ripped that bad boy up. We're going to rip up these dollars. And so uh, the person who was watching over me and my daughter has suggested that I, I beat her, you know, or spank her, as people like to say, to show her that she shouldn't do that. Now, that was just a foreign concept to me to hit my daughter because as an adult with a mind and common sense, you don't hit little people. You just don't. You're a big old adult, and I'm going to hit her to show her what? No, my name is not Massa Nothing. We're not going to hit the girl to teach her a lesson. And I think, you know, I don't spend a lot of time in my book going through that, like going through, oh, you know, you got to be children or it comes from slavery and all of that. I don't spend a lot of time with that because I want us to look at it in a new unit of time. And no matter where it comes from, it's the looking at oneself and assessing for yourself, is this the person that you want to leave in their memory, the person that brings them pain? As an adult, you are, are you the parent? You know, our children are supposed to come home and feel peace and solace. And, you know, it's not all the time like, hello, baby. You know, it's not like that. But the point is that violence, violence, the introduction of violence, particularly, particularly to oneself, should not come from home, right? Most of our children that are in the streets that are experiencing violence, the first place they learned violence was in that house with their mama or their daddy, okay, using that belt or using that uh, whatever it is I have on the front of a T-shirt that we made. It says weapons of mass destruction, right? That's the, the extension cord, the two-by-four, the, all of the things that are on the front of the book. We have uh, just a problem with hitting children before we try something else. And so the name of the show is Raising Our Skills and Not Our Hands to Discipline Our Children. And so that's what we're going to roll with today. We're going to look at, um, if you want to call in, look, if you want to call in and say anything, like you want to say, Alada, I don't agree with you. Now, sometimes you've got to discipline your kids. So we're going to deal with this straight off the back. First of all, let me just deal with this. Some people are going to call in and try to step to me about, the title being Beating Black Kids. So let's not take the attention off of the real issue, number one. Number two, the word kids. They said, try to say, that's an animal. You say our kid. We're treating them like animals. Be quiet. We're going to attack that, and then we can do the intellectual kids and children thing later. 
But we're not doing that today on Gathering of the Grails. We're talking about beating black kids, okay? And when we stop treating them like animals, then maybe we'll change it to beating black children, but I doubt it. But I'm just saying that that title is what it is because it does what it does. You know, it makes us confront and tackle this topic, and so that's the main thing. So anyway, when my daughter ripped up that money and I got the message that I should spank my child to teach her a lesson, I was like, to her, mm, I never said, why you do that? Mommy's not working. She need that money. I didn't say any of that. I, as an adult that can discern, can see that my daughter is upset and that she wants her mother regular. And so I, that made me think about attacking the issue because it really was surprising to me that the viewpoint was to hit my child. And it was surprising, particularly when we all cultural and hair wrapped and stuff. You know, okay, what are we doing? Are we, are we trying to be kings and queens or are we beating children? They're not the same. They don't create the same, even in the person, right? And so I told my daughter one day, this is when I kind of started getting back to work. So we're talking about I went in the hospital. I had the, the stroke in like November of 2008 or something like that, and it went into December, January, February. February, I kind of got out the hospital or got out the hospital and returned to work. And in that time, I was just thinking, I have to address this issue. So I told my daughter, I said, Mommy's going to write a book. And I said, I think I'm going to write a book on, you know, beating black kids. And when I took it to work, y'all, mm, 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 Lord. When I took it to work, it was, I, I told my coworkers, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to write a book. So they were like, well, what's she going to write a book about? And I said, I'm going to write a book called Beating Black Kids. At the time, it was Beat Black Kids. And without even inquiring about my process, they started to get it in. I'm talking about they started telling their own stories of having been beaten. But the thing was, they weren't crying. It wasn't lamentful. Like, <laughs> It was mad laughing, laughing. Oh, my mother used to hit me with a spatula. My mother used to make me get wet when she beat me. My mother used to, and it was just all these stories, and those stories went on, y'all, for at least an hour. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, these adults are purging. They don't even see it. But it became clear to me that nobody ever dealt with the issue. And so you got these big adults coming up, with the reality of being by their parents. So I want to give you a little bit of the book. Um, I have a video version of me just explaining it instead of me sitting here trying to tell you. I just want to give you a little backstory. So let's take a look at that. Okay, here. Look, here I go. All right. I got things and I turned out fine. The rock. I got things and I turned out fine. The rock for the Kids today need to be beat. What else am I supposed to do? Be so bad. Oh, she gets on my last and her stuff before I give you something to cry about. Thank <laughs> you. 
write the book, Feeding Black Kids. Because I'm old-fashioned. And I believe, you know, you just can't let a child do anything. Sometimes it's okay as long as you don't abuse them. It's needed at a certain point. But what I saw was a collection of adults who were talking about a topic they had never really talked about before. Out came, my mama used to hit me with a spatula. My dad used to hit me with a belt. They used to make me get wet first. They used to put my face in a pillow and then spank me. Like All of these different stories about how we have gotten beaten over time. And while there was a lot of laughter when those stories were being told, I could clearly see that there's a fine line between laughing and crying. And I knew that it was time for me to write a book about handling the situation. And so it's very obvious that this came from being slaves from a slavery experience, that old spare the rod for the child. The shepherd did not beat the sheep with the rod. He guided them with the rod. And so it is just obvious that that came from a slavery experience, and we have to know how to differentiate those things and then just use some discernment in terms of doing what's best for our children and not breaking their spirits. With regards to how we discipline our children, First of all, I always tell people that discipline, if you look at the etymology of the word, it comes from disciplina, which is the Latin root meaning teach. And so when you discipline a child, you are teaching them. But when you use corporal punishment and you hit our children, you're not teaching them anything. They're actually not going to do it again out of fear. They're not doing it out of reason. The frustration that we feel from being powerless in a society, all of the things that come along with that, those issues are not to be taken out on our children when we get home. The definition of domestic violence says bringing harm to someone in your home or hurting someone in your home. So I want us to look at how we beat our offspring and how that's not giving them anything good, making them, quote, unquote, obedient. But that's what you make a dog. That's what you make an animal. But when you're dealing with someone of higher intelligence, use their intelligence and start to talk to them in ways that give them power, make them feel supported, listen to their ideas, and it'll just be an easier parenting world for you. There's a part of the brain called the regulatory part of the brain, and that's the part of the brain that helps you make decisions in times of adversity. Well, if they have that toxic stress before they eat before, that part of the brain does not develop. And so you're looking at a community full of people with no regulatory equipment. So we need to be bringing a different generation of people up with a different consciousness. Make sure that the kids feel good and alive while they're living. Don't be upset after they die and after they, there's all these senseless killings. Let's treat them well while they're living, and then we'll see a different impact. The adults want to be upset, but you taught the children the violence when they were young, and it's the tools they have. I feel like, you know, hitting children is such a skillless. We need to foster behavior that builds them up and that just changes the way. Like, we talk to each other. Talk to your discipline because discipline, we're using it a lot to describe hitting children. And this is not directly to you, LaShawn, but it's to just all of us because I've heard it and it's personally. And discipline, a book is sold in Switzerland, Germany, uh, Tasmania, Nigeria, Sudan, Canada, all over the world, and so people all over the world are telling me, as far as Germany, that my book is making a difference in the lives of the people that other people touch, but also in the lives of many parents and families who now no longer beat their children because they read my book. A lot of people ask me if I'm going to write another book, and I'm not ready to write another book, but what I will say is that there is a high demand 
for the book in fashion. My book is not punitive. My book is not accusatory. But there are solutions replete without, throughout the whole book. It really is just about being engaged with your child. They're not going to become respectful and trustworthy through you telling them and demanding it. They're going to become that way from observing you and then emulating what they see. And so in my parental code of ethics that I wrote, one of my favorite lines is, I will only seek excellence in my child if I am excellent myself. And so that's what I say is the number one key to make sure you have great children is checking yourself. Well, I'll be doggone. Sometimes it takes me seeing these things again to be like, wow, wow, oh, wow, you know. And I'm really, really, really blessed um, in the creation of this book to people who actually saw and see the work and and helped me spread it. I want to give a shout-out to my girl, Samaria Graham, who, what? That was Black Girl on Punky Brewster. That's my girl. We grew up together. But when she saw my book come out, she really assisted with the spreading of the word. And I'm talking about um, articles and the newspaper. She organized book discussions. And that's what this book warrants. I'm not here for you to come and meet the author. We're not interested in that at all. I need to tackle the topic because no one will confront it. It's like we don't want to incriminate our uh, parents, but it's not about that. It's about doing better. It's about when you know better, you do better. Y'all notice, right, that uh, that grandparents treat children, the grandchildren better than they did their own children, and then you have the children saying a lot of times, if that was us back in the day, you would have beat us, blah, 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 blah. And we got it, but people learn better. And and so what I want us to do is we don't really have time for people to get grown and then resent the fact that they got beat, right? Um, we don't want that. We want you to start from parenthood treating children well, giving them the love they need. And, and for black folks, I've had some people say uh, about my book, this Russian lady was like, Beating black kids, I can't do the accent good. <laughs> she said, beating black kids, why? They beat kids in Russia. They beat, I said, I will help you write beating Russian kids, girl, but I don't have no math on that. Like, I know about beating black kids. And I know that, because people say, why just black kids? I said, because I'm black. Now, that's why I wrote it, because we also might be the only race that treats it like it's something normal. I do know that other races do it in their rearing practice, but for us, it's a it's a sliver of self-hatred in it, right? Um, I love my daughter too, 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 too much, too much, too much, too much, too much. And I have always been a big fan of her. And so um, we're not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to do that. Like her pain in life, it's not going to come from her memory of her mom. We're just not going to do that because I am concerned about the type of adult that she is, right, because she's 20 now. Um, when I wrote the book, she was around oh, six or seven or something like that, um, maybe six. <clears throat> but my thing was, no, you know, we're not going to do that. And so this topic of raising our skills and not our hands, 
Um, it, this is not really a big debate. You can you can call in and debate with me if you desire. If you want, you know, say whatever. Look, they go to the number at the bottom of the screen. Come on in and uh, say a little something, something, something. But the reality is not for me to, you know, my, my intention is not to make you wrong. Even though it is wrong, don't get it twisted. People say, I'm not trying to tell you how to parent. I am trying to tell you how to parent, no question, um, because we can do a better job at it. And as a race, we have to improve what we're doing so that we can get the type of child that has that discernment. Remember that regulatory equipment I just mentioned in that in that video? They need to be able to regulate and be able to attack with intelligence these forces that are against them, not be reactionary and not be emotional. But when you're hitting children, that's what you're teaching, that disciplining, they're like an animal. That You would want to treat people like an animal. So my thing is, Nah, don't don't do that. Let's do something better and um, let's improve. So we got a caller. I'm gonna have him come on the line. Go ahead on and create that reality, Naima. Admiral Nelson Bay. Hey, um, brother Nelson Bay. How are you? I'm doing great. I contend that corporal punishment is always an incorrect way of somehow disciplining recalcitrant children. I think Mm -hmm. that what children need is a mother and or father figure in their life, ideally their actual biological parents, who have an influence that is such that it commands the respect of a child in such a way that the child on his or her own behalf, as a natural matter of course, is well-behaved, shall we say. I remember the singular times when I was spanked by my mother and my father. On the occasion of being spanked by my father, um, the bedroom that I was consigned to with my brother John D. Nelson at uh, 2616 South Parkway before it became King Drive back in the 60s. On a Saturday afternoon by 2 o'clock, the room must be clean, but my brother John D. Nelson is a compulsive hoarder his entire life, and uh, he and I were sharing the same room. So there is no way I could clean up that room. I think that by the time a child is as young as three years of age, he or she should really have their own room. If they prefer to live with a younger or older sibling, that's fine in the same room. But the ideal thing is for every child to have his or her own individual room from the age of three. And that way... The child has no excuse for not maintaining the cleanliness, the tidiness, the um, orderliness of their living space. And then that would have never happened to me if I had my own room and left to my own devices. That room would be in perfect condition. Every time my father would have 
come home to um, really um, back my room and make sure everything's in order. He was so frustrated by the fact that I was unable to maintain that room because my brother John, who's 19 months my senior, uh, he's 19 months older than I am, uh, being the compulsive hoarder from the time of his early age. Uh, I just was not able to clean that room. And my father was so frustrated, mm-hmm. he beat me with a belt. And that was so wrong. I felt so violated because I knew I didn't deserve it because mm-hmm. I was literally unable to maintain the cleanliness, the tidiness uh, of 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 my room as a young boy. And um, mm-hmm. the single time that my mother spanked me, um, she was wrong in doing that. She got the idea from some silly person who put that idea, that slave mind, in her in her in her mind. And um, if my mother had not heard this silly woman or whoever it was that put that idea in her mind about uh, spare the rod, spoil the child, or some other such stupidity mm-hmm. like that, my mother never would have uh, made the mistake of spanking me. I never had to be spanked ever in life. Noble have I created right. thee, yet thou hast abased thyself. Why hast thou abased thyself? Rise then to that for which thou wast created. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Brother Bay, you are a same man. I'm Nelson Bay. I'm always Nelson Bay before being Bay. Bay. Nelson Bay. Got you. Nelson Bay, let me say, first let me say thank you because you're so clear and articulate about your experience, and I want to thank you for sharing that experience with us. Um, But not only sharing it, I want to point out to the audience, This brother is obviously an adult, but this is what we carry with us, that we, this is what we leave in our children because no matter how old we get, we remember those experiences and we remember what should have been done instead. Like we think, even at that time, we're thinking through a lot of things, but what I don't want to come about is the resentment that some people end up feeling because, see, you usually don't respect people that hit you, but we do feel compelled, of course, to love and respect our parents. But as parents, when we create pain, it doesn't do well by us and our children and our relationships. So, brother, I do want to say thank you for sharing that with us, and it's made very clear, like you said, I did not, none of that should have happened because I didn't do those things and it wasn't my fault and even, you know, people try to say things like, um, oh, no, I was bad. I should have gotten beaten. No, no, no. The adult needs to have a stature where they can get a point across without having to be physical. So thank you, brother, for sharing that. And, yes, you are right. We should not be using corporal punishment. Thank you, for thank listening. you so much for being with us today. Yes, I appreciate you. I might take you on a roll with me. Thank you. All right. So. You guys, you can see, you know, it's, 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 this is not rocket science. Um, I had one brother at an event one time. He told me, he was like, um, what do you say? 
Oh yeah, my mother, my mother, you know, I love my mother and she she spanked me, but I deserved those beatings, you know. So I said, So what were you saying when she was doing it though? That's what you're saying now, but what were you saying or thinking when she was actually hitting you? And he said, Oh, I wanted to kill her. <laughs> yeah. You that's that's the that's the emotion that gets suppressed is what we felt at the time. When we out there getting hit, and my mother wasn't a hitter, so let me be clear, because she's going to be like, why do you make that beat with they got hitting you? I only got two beatings and a slap, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but that that time that the hitting is happening to the child, they are feeling confused, hurt. They're not like, oh, yeah, this is great. Oh, yeah, hit me right there. That feels great. No, I'm learning. Yeah, I'm really learning something. No, they're not. They're resenting you. They think of the ways they're gonna kill you. They are. They're upset. They're cries in a bad way. Like it's not creating a good example, nor is it creating a good emotion. So um, I could sit here all day saying what I think, but I actually had a. I actually had a test. Now I was a teacher for many years, but. I'm a mom. Ow. Mm, mm. I'm a mom. Mm. Look at this face. Look at this. I'm a mom. This is my daughter. <laughs> so I do have my daughter on the line, and I think it's good to just hear from her. Like, don't hear from me. I be telling tape, uh, adults, the parents, they always want to answer for the child. You ask the child something, then they going to come answer. No, be quiet. <laughs> let the child answer. So let's bring on my daughter. Hey, Pepe. Hello. Appreciate it. Hi, my baby, booby, mommy, 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 baby. <laughs> She's not a baby. She's 20 years old. So I asked my daughter to call in today because, I mean, why hear it from me? Hear it from the girl who uh, I raised. And I, I'm going to say I'm a perfect parent, but I'm close, though. <laughs> and I only say that because, you know, she sees me at my worst and sees me when I'm not all together. But in general, patient, um, and she got the name Patience on it. She was very patient in my stomach. She didn't give me any more sickness or anything. So she's just like that as a child. So, Pepe, let me just ask, um, what would you say is, I guess, like a, a highlight of yours over time, I guess, looking at life, um, of not getting hit as a child? Um, I think just being treated like a person, like I'm not afraid of you, and I think that's a big part of our relationship because a lot of people I know are, like, scared of their parents or they, like, resent them because of what happened to them as children, and I don't do that. And I think that's really nice, and I'm always saying that I'm glad you're my mother because a lot of people don't have this type of relationship with their parents. Mm. Well, look, what she's talking about, sometimes I ask her certain things like, how do you know that? She's like, you're my mother. You know, and so this communication that I have, like there are times that my daughter may not have made me happy about a thing, but the, what would, let me see if you are going to say what, I, what I'm thinking. I'm just curious. What do I say if I'm displeased with something that you're doing? Uh, that's your life. Say it again. That's your life. Yep. That's what I say, y'all. I tell my daughter, you know what? This is your life. 
you can do whatever you desire, and I'm going to support you. But when you start doing things that trickle over into making my life not good, that's when we got to confront it, right? And so um, what would you say, Patience, that your experience has been with your peers? Like you told me of a couple of experiences maybe that um, your peers had a response to you not being uh, spanked or beaten. Do you know what I'm talking about? If so, please discuss. Um, well, first of all, I wanted to say that I also say that's your life to everybody now because you say it to me. But um, wait, 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 wait! Say it again. What do you say? I say I also say that's your life to everybody because you say it to me, and everybody thinks it's so funny. But yeah, <laughs> but um, interesting. My I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> my my peers have said stuff like, um, "Oh, you've never gotten hit before." You've never gotten beat before? Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Like, okay, I don't know how that's crazy. Right. But. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because her peers are approaching her like, you never got beat? Like, they have no concept of that. Like, you've never gotten hit by your mom. And so it's just a skill set, y'all, that I'm not going to display because that's a skill-less behavior. When you have to hit little people, you, you're showing your skill set. And that you don't have, and don't 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 come for me now, boo 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 boo, you know. But just look at yourself, you know, and just check yourself, I should say, and make it so that you know I want to be exemplary to my daughter, um, so that when she looks at me, she sees something that she might want to emulate at some point. Um, I do see her now as a young woman. She's a teacher, like her mama was a teacher, and she when she leave that house to go to work, sometimes she looked like me. So, you know, nobody's trying to do that, but you're going to make whatever impact on your child that you make based on what they observe you do. And so um, anything you want to say in particular, pay, 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 um, about the topic and uh, just the fact that your mother has this viewpoint about not beating black kids. People say that sometimes. They go, how come you didn't name this book Don't Beat Black Kids? I said, because then you wouldn't buy it. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, that's what I do, and then you wouldn't buy it. But people buy it because they want to know, what is this? And it really has helped. So anything else you want to say, baby, 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 before you go? Um, I think just like treating your children with the same respect you would treat anybody with, um, I'm, and I mean working with kids, it's like the same way because all of my students love me because I treat them like they're people and I'm not yelling at them or anything. I just treat them like they're my equals most of the time. So it's like it's it's I think it's fun to talk to kids like they're your equals because you see how funny they are. So, I mean, to build that relationship, just treat your children how you would want to be treated. I love it. Thank you, Patience, for getting up early for Mama. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good day, my love. And you guys, if you are watching, great. That means you're on my Facebook page and you're seeing this video. Or you can go to our YouTube channel, Social Chicago Book Fair, and you'll see this as well. So there's a little, little bit of example. I don't know. If, are you still there, Patience? Yeah, maybe not. Anyway. Oh, you are good. This is the last thing I want to 
to, to put out, y'all. Because some, some parents say things like, what do you do instead then? What do you want to do? What do you do? And my thing is, yo, and this is a chapter in the book because it's called, it's called You Got Chosen, this particular uh, chapter. But my thing is, if your child chose you, then what did they choose you for? And that's the thing you want to build. What do they choose you for? And so my daughter has been, she plays the cello, the violin. She's going to modeling school. Um, but one day, my daughter likes money. We want to get her a lot of it. Um, but one day she said to me, she said, Mommy, we, we, I worked in a very affluent neighborhood in New York at the time, um, Church of Scientology over there on Park 65, East 80, Second Street, I believe. I think that's the address. But anyway, um, went over, we were in that neighborhood, and Peche said to me, she liked six or seven, I think she was six, but she said, Mommy, what I got to do to get all this money? Like she's looking at the rich people around. And I said, you need to simply do something that you can exchange with people that's a big enough game so that everybody can be involved. And so we kind of talked through that a little sometimes. But I was an author of this book, Feeding Black Kids, and so Pepe decided, yeah, we both collaborated, and we got the book Urban Girl Adventures, which is her book. Her book came out when she was seven years old because that's when she asked to make that money. And um, you can go to urbangirladventures.com and check it out. But the book was the words are from me, but many of the images are from patients. Patients, what are you now professionally, patients, at 20 years old? I'm a photographer. My daughter is a photographer. She's a professional photographer. You can literally go to her website, patientsphotography.com. I'll put it on the screen shortly. And you can also, like, she has clients. She got clients. She got uh, contracts and all of that. And so the point being, finding a skill that you want to expose your child to that they can use in the world. And what's your feedback about, and I'll let you go after that, because we know I'll do an interview with my daughter all day. Um, what do you, what's your viewpoint about photography and your, your place in it? Um. I love what I do, and I think about that all the time, and I say that to myself all the time, that I'm, I love what I put out to the world, and, like, when I have a job, I've always said that I don't want to be miserable at my job, and I don't want to hate my job, and that's even with teaching. Like, I love teaching because all the kids are so funny, and um, I love photography because I feel like a certain type of – I don't know if the word's bliss, but, like, any time a vision comes out, like, perfectly into what I'm shooting, I just, like, it's a overwhelming feeling of just, like, greatness. And I love the way, like, people react to my photography. It just makes me feel amazing. So, yeah. Mm. It makes you feel euphoric, patient. Anyway, thanks, Tay, 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 Tay. I really love you a lot. And um, I'm happy you chose me, baby. Happy you chose this mama. <laughs> and as a result of my, my appreciation, guys, I guess I'm a good mom to my daughter. We laugh together and all of that. So happy you picking up some stuff. I love you, girl. <laughs> love you, too. So, okay, peace.
So, you know, I want to make something clear, too. My daughter was saying something about treating your kids, treating children as equals. Uh Uh-oh. Some of y'all out there, y'all be having a noodle neck on that one. Y'all be like, dang, I ain't your friend. I ain't your your equal. Okay, check this out. So y'all don't have a clear understanding of the word friend. I'm going to read the definition real quick. So the friend says, a person attached to another by feelings of affection or personal regard. Friend. A person who gives assistance, a supporter. A person who is on good terms with another. A person who is not hostile. Yo, check it out. I'm going to be my daughter's friend all day long. You want to be your child's friend. You just don't care for being their peer. Their peer. Because their peers do stuff like wear the same clothes and the same slang and whatever, whatever the things that we may not want to do. But being your child's friend all day long, baby, all day long. Because everything I read is a thing. That's what I believe in. And if you don't want to be your child's friend, you won't. And guess what? Coming to you when they need solace or advice, they may not do it. They'll go somewhere else where they're treated with respect, where they're treated. Like my daughter said, she I dealt with her like a regular person. And the respect, you know, she got shown respect just because I admire her. That's something I want y'all to do. Make a list of the things you admire about your child. I think I'm, I might even have to, I think I'm going to have to put that on the screen. Make a list of the things you admire about your child because, let me write that. Let me see. Make a list of what ooh, you admire about your child, girl, girl, put that up there, make a list. Because that's what they're going to carry with them. That's what they're going to take with them. You know what I'm saying? Make a list of what you admire about your child. And then you need to let them know. I'm always, always, always telling people, my daughter, pay, pay, boogie, what I love. She's an incredible, I should have made you see. She's an incredible vocalist. She's a phenomenal photographer. But just other things, like, you know, you're beautiful or how'd you get that smart? And I'm not saying it to be patronizing. I'm saying it because I really do admire her as a person. And so give a call in. I'm going to give you the number right now to call in. It's right there at the bottom. You can call in and give me whatever you want to say about the topic. But more than that, you know, I could say a lot. Two parents, right? I can say a lot blah, 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 about you. And some people get punitive. I'm not going to do that. Not interested in that. But let's not act like we weren't children ourselves. And we remember what we used to want. We remember um, some people don't have children because they don't want to. They don't want to mimic what they know from their parents. That's just a reality. Some people do want to have children so that they could be different than their parents. I love, yo, my grandmother, boo, 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 deuces. I'm really like her a lot. Uh, But we're not going to act like she didn't use some corporal punishment on my uncles. Not really on my mom, right? Um, But my mom, I've heard her say that when she had children, 
she didn't want to mirror that. Now, to my brother, I already know, he done got some spankings, that's for sure. But when it comes to how she thought and processed and what she didn't want to create, um, in us, it's a lot of what she watched as growing up herself. And I don't know how her sons ended up feeling, but the violence she gave to my uncles, I know where the violence came from in terms of her own exposure to violence. So I just want to share uh, this video real quick because it's something that I made that focuses on pretty much the deeper issue. So let's just check it out. I've heard a lot about the things that are being done with legislation and making sure that uh, states and countries ban corporal punishment and things of that nature. But if you do not go and talk to their mother or the father, about their innate views and their innate feelings about children, you can pass all the laws you want, but you're not changing the fiber of the society. The law will be changed overnight if you have a rally of parents to back it. But the reason you don't have a rally of parents to back it is because they still have these deep-seated feelings of resentment towards kids or whatever they were raised with. I was beaten and it made me turn out better. They have that belief. So that's what has to be attacked. That's what has to be handled is the fact that they actually believe that they deserve the beatings and that they're going to give more beatings because it made them better. My approach is to attack the pain, not in a way that's, like, evaluative. Let's look at that. I don't care about that. Nobody wants to feel like that, like they're being researched. I'm talking about did it work for you? When I do my workshops, I have people actually look at their first exposure to violence, and I have them draw what their first exposure to violence was, and you'd be very surprised what they come up with. And when they look at it themselves, see, they blocked it out for so many years, and they turn to it and see it, they don't like it. And so then I have them address, well, what would have been better? And then they conjure up the better thing, and after that, they go, oh, and they don't want to do those things anymore. One lady said to me in a workshop, Thank you for letting us tell our story because no one ever asked. That was, like, amazing. She's a parent. Nobody ever asked. They just want to condemn the parents for what they're doing. But you're not asking them the questions that will help you see why they're doing it. Like, you want to answer, but you're not really asking the questions to get the answer. You're just condemning people for their actions. But when you really listen to these people, you know why they do it, and then you know how to fix it. It's that. Man. See? So, so when I do this work, it's really, that's when I talk about intention, it's really not about um, children, children, don't hit children. That is obviously what I'm focusing on. But I am for real, for real, I deal with parents. 
I'm interested in the healing process of parents and parents-to-be, right? Because you have all these programs for children, but then they got to go back home to these kookaburra parents, right? If we act in that way, right? So my thing is to really work with parents because no one really does that. No one really focuses on them without telling them what to do. We're not telling you what to do. Um, when I do my workshops, I'm really doing things that can enhance the parental process because it's not easy. And until my book, it didn't come with a guide, right, a guide on what you can do. My book um, has little keys all throughout, and when you find a key, you that's a solution that you can use, right, to better your parenting process. And I'm telling you right now, um, I put all these quotes up this week, but one of them said that my book, Beating Black Kids, and generational curses. Um, it does a lot of things. It improves family relationships. I had one woman tell me straight up that my book improved her marriage because I think she was in an interracial marriage, but the father, she was black, the father was white, and I think the father's viewpoint was don't hit the children, right? And her thing was like, you don't know what you're talking about. That's what we do, you know, that type of thing. But she read my book, and she chose to change her viewpoint, right, change her viewpoint. And so the next time her child got in trouble and he came home, she told me that they went in the room, but instead of spanking him, she, they sat down and she hugged him. And she asked him about the situation and made it comfortable for him to talk about what he was experiencing to even do whatever he did. And so it improved the relationship that she had with her husband. It improved the relationship that she had as a mom. And that's what we're talking about. Robert Flora Trump. So uh, that, that is a reality. So I think we got a caller on the line. So let's see what the there is. What's up? Is that Reverend Plump? Did I hear that? What did I hear? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So go ahead on, on give it to me. Reverend Plump, are you there? Uh his call Oh, I apologize. I was on mute. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right, we win. Come on, brother, with it. What's up? What you wanna say about the book? Oh well, I wanna say that, you know, it is indeed uh a uh opportunity for our, our brothers and sisters to read the book uh, and to uh, enjoy the opportunity that, you know, uh, beating uh, children is not a good thing. It is, it is nothing but a slave mentality way of life that uh, was introduced in terms of uh, policing uh you know, uh, the the uh, mothers, the fathers, and the children. And that was the concept that uh, was created through slavery. So uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, I would say one of the good uh, morals of the book that uh, we should stop beating our children. It should uh, not uh, exist at all. It creates a emotional disrespect 
to uh, the child as well as uh, disrespect uh, to uh, the family and the community. Mm. Mm. Absolutely, brother. That's what I want people to understand. Sometimes it takes us a long time. A longer time to learn that, but all this stuff we're talking about, about what people do to us, oh, we can combat all that nonsense if we have the capacity to do it. And a lot of times, you know, I tell people, we teach our children how to take authority. I always want them to take authority. But my thing is we need to teach our children how to be authorities. That's a different thing. To be authority, Amen. they can come in this world. That's right. They can come in this world and run things. Run it, baby. We used to run the world as a people, the whole world. Don't get me started on no mores and no math and teaching people how to start fire and seeing stars with our naked eye. But the reality is that our children will not reclaim that beautiful inheritance if they don't have the mental capacity to do it. And so, yeah, we got to stay strong and continue with this viewpoint. Thank you, Reverend Plump, for coming on and sharing your views with the world. I know you're a community man, um, but the fact that you, you know, are saying that message, a lot of people know you, they will listen, you know, because you have that uh, viewpoint. And uh, let them know, you bought my book at my last book fair. Thank you so much. And continue to spread that knowledge. And we will, and happy belated uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Earth Day, birthday, uh, and we celebrate all year round uh, Dr. King's uh, uh, way of life in terms of uh, his spiritual and moral uh, relationship with God, uh, family, and the community. And I was with Dr. King on his uh, I Have a Dream speech. On August the 28th, oh, yeah. uh, 1963, in Washington, D.C. God bless wow. you. Keep up the good okay, work. Okay, Brother Pete. And Thank we love you. Thank you so much. Peace. I love you forward. Thank you. Peace. Yes, indeed, Peace. y'all. This is about um, changing viewpoints, shifting a paradigm. I'm into uplifting black children so strongly. I think they're one of the worst treated groups on the planet, black children. Because the people that are supposed to support them always have something negative to say, and they criticize them, and they frown at them, and they look at And that's why they act out, because they're not feeling love. We want to show love when they're dying. That's why I said in that video. We, when they're dead, we want to make a memorial and talk about them. No, if you think that they're great, go ahead and let them know that they're great right now while they're living. And make them smile. I know how to make young people smile. I do it all the time. Yup, love it. It's just communicating with them. And believe it or not, when I do these workshops out here, man, I have these adults illustrate their earliest violence, and they're almost always from their parents, right? But I also have them illustrate thereafter what should have happened. And, man, oh, that, oh, what should have happened? It's always communication, almost always. I want to deal with some of these um, some of these comments that people have said. And um, Susan said, it harms the human DNA as well. You better say that, Susan Essentials. The DNA. I mean, come on, y'all. Why are we passing down self-hate? Why are we doing that? 
That's ridiculous. We're not going to do that. And then we got my girl, Zelda. Zelda said, grand rising, beautiful queen teacher. Ooh, ah, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, ah. Patience hit the nail on the head. Yes. I'm not sure what point she made that hit the nail on the head, but um, you can tap me that, too, so we can let people know. Um, my, did y'all hear my baby? Y'all heard my baby speak? What? Now, this is what I'm talking about. When you raise children civilly, you, you bring civility into parenting. You treat them like they are, right? You give them respect. They actually can articulate their ideas. I didn't have to be afraid when I had her come on the phone that she was going to go and give me one-word answers because sometimes you ask teenagers, so what do you think it is? And they go, I don't know. You know, they don't really give a lot. But when you have, when your child has watched you be articulate, can be articulate and bring it on in, right? So what I want to do real quick, um, I think that, you know, you seeing me putting this message out to the world is stronger than me sitting here talking. So I just want to share when I was on ABC because I think that that, uh, it was a great interview. And you're going to hear a little bit more about what I have to say about the book and its impact. So let's take a look. we'll meet the author of the controversial book, Beating Black Kids. Asada Kirkland says that no parent should ever spank their child. But we asked the New Yorkers how they feel about spanking. I think it's not right because they're not going to get anything out of it. They're still going to do the same thing over. It doesn't make sense to say no. I think it's okay as long as you don't agree with them. I don't think uh, spanking should harm them. Um, I am actually against it. Because I feel like it's, um, I think it's the parents admitting that they don't have any other tool in their toolbox. Yes, it goes both ways. Okay. When you cannot reason with them, you know. It's like when you fuck a baby and you can say, no, don't do that. You know, it's sometimes some children doesn't listen. And you know, that's it. And they listen. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I think if you want to teach a kid how to be nonviolent, you should start at home by not hitting Speaking on the form of this, I just think it's unnecessary now because our kids are so much more evolved. They're so much smarter. They take things in totally different than, you know, years ago. So I think that it's just totally unnecessary. So that is needed to a certain point. Well, you know, I'm like this. I'm old-fashioned. And I believe, you know, you just can't let a child do anything that they want to do. I also believe what the... What the God says, spare the rod and spoil the child. This is why today's society is what it is. So you let the children get away with it. I don't think it should be severe. Like, they shouldn't overdo it. When we come back, we'll meet the author of Feeding Black Kids. She says parents who hit aren't helping their children. Asada Kirkland, the author of Feeding Black Kids, has spent the last 15 years working with children, most of that time teaching. But now she's working as a consultant, and she also conducts parenting workshops she is, of course, also a mom. Thank you so much, Asada, for being here. Thank you so much, This Sada. is the book, Feeding Black Kids. That title really gets people talking. Exactly. What inspired you to write it? Why would, do you feel like it was a subject that needed to be addressed? Definitely. Uh, what happened was I had a stroke and was out of commission for like two months, and people had to watch my daughter. 
And they did a good job of the issue about how you discipline children came up because she was under another person's care. And in that conversation, I found that um, the belief was that you can still hit the child, even though this person was a progressive person. And I said to myself, okay, I didn't know that still existed in people's minds, and woke up the next day with the idea, you got to write a book. And went out, when I returned to work, like two months after, there was a maintenance man, cook, and an administrator at the table, and I told them what the title of the book would be, and they went on for three hours with stories of their own about this experience, and I thought, oh, my God, I have to address this, and I wrote the book because we're purging, like we really need to handle the issue. Why do you think spanking is such, a, a, you know, a controversial topic, especially among black people? I mean, honestly, I was spanked. Most of my friends sure. will tell you they were spanked, uh, and some of them will say they were beaten. I may have been beaten. Sure. Um, why do you think that it's something that persists and that people have such a wide-ranging uh, opinion about it? You know, for us as a people, and people ask a lot of times, well, why does the book say beating black kids? Everyone gets beat. But in our culture, we act like it's a cultural norm, like this is what you're supposed to do. I don't think there's a black comedian out that doesn't laugh about the issue of how we've been beat. But it clearly comes from being slaves in America. And so people say, oh, I'm not an African-American. Okay, colonialism. It all stems from being beat and disciplined with violence. And then we internalize it. You hear people back in the day say, well, I had to beat him so a master wouldn't get him. And today's correlation is, well, I have to beat him or the police will get him. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. So it's a derivative of that experience. And your claim in this book, you say point blank that that is not a tradition that should be passed down. There are better ways to deal with children. Oh, definitely. I mean, we can look at how we interact with each other as adults. And when we have differences, we don't just start up and fight each other. No, we communicate and we look at each other's viewpoints, and we can do the same thing with children, but the first step is to value what a child has to say. And that's where you get that uh, children should be seen and not heard mentality, and it creates this chasm between adults and children where you really don't get what they're experiencing, how they're feeling, and when you strike, that's the memory you're leaving in our children. So we just have to deal with that because our children have the memories of violence from the people that love them and they're not equipped to handle things in the world well. And you have children of your own. I sure do. Yeah, a child. You I have a child. Her name is Patience. Have you ever spanked Patience? Absolutely never. Patience can honestly look at the objects on the front of my book and say, what are those? Like, she has never been hit because I feel like I'm her biggest fan, literally. And she's not baby, but I admire her so much. I would never have her have the memory of me hitting her because I need her to trust me as a parent. So you don't trust people that hit you, believe me. So my thing is to just foster growth in her and help her see guidelines and do well in the world and give her good things and make her feel good. In fact, one of the things in the book is you assert that, that spanking does foster, that violence does foster other issues in the child, among them loss of trust. Sure, definitely. Well, when you hit a child, you are teaching a lesson. And when they go out in the world and try to get things that they want and, let's say, are denied those things, they use what was used at home. They use the violence. Because instead of the violence, you, you could have been using negotiation skills. How do you teach a kid how to negotiate? But what do you say to a parent that says, I am not negotiating with a five-year-old? Right. And I tell them, well, you better be ready for the result of that. Because what you're doing is you're making this child, you're not preparing them 
for the skill that they need to negotiate. And I'm talking about even negotiate a salary. So what do you think the result, what, what, what's your assertion that the result will be of, of the parent that says, no, I'm going to spank her bottom, I'm not negotiating with her, and that's the way I'm handling it. What, what is it you believe the parent will likely see down the road? Down the road, you just, it, it manifests in a lot of different ways because every child is different. But you get a child who may not express everything they want to express out of fear. They feel like they can't trust the person across from them who you want. The parent should be who they trust first. But you get a child who doesn't know how to express themselves fully. And I'm not saying this is not theory. This is, this is actuality. I've had, I had a grown man. He had to be about 6'5". Talk about his fear of speaking in front of people because when he was little, the way he would get spanked with pop, whatever you want to call it, this whole same thing, it made him go in. So he became introverted. Yeah, now as a big grown man, he doesn't have the confidence to speak up. Yeah. Um, do you think that happens? Is that, you see some of that in school fighting? Um, well, fighting at school, they're expressing them. They're, they're doing at school what's being done to them. What's and the communication? The way they need to, way to communicate. It's the communication they know. You know, it's really not a big thought around, oh, this is all I know, but it's, they don't know anything else. So when you want something and you can't get it, you strike out. Or if you don't want to hear it, you strike out. It, it, it is what, it's the lesson we teach, as opposed to teaching something that is empowering or some other skill that really boosts their self-esteem. And I tell adults, if you have to hit a child to discipline them, then you need to get your skills up. One of the other things that I liked about the book is you talk to experts, you hear from experts in gambling situations. You also hear people's stories about how they were spanked. And then I, what I found just really interesting, this list of objects of things that people have been beaten with. Sure. Why include that? I mean, I have to put these glasses on and use some of those, uh, these things to you. Hands, feet, vacuum cleaner cords, spatula, hot spatula, wire hanger, shoes, trophies, telephones. Uh, Hot Wheels tracks. Why include this list in the book? You know, as I interviewed people for the book, they voluntarily told me the things that they were beat with. And I still get people telling me, you forgot to put the clog shoe. You forgot to put, uh, and even, I could do one book on just objects alone, but I wanted the chapter to be just a list because I don't have much to say about it. Because when you read that list, it is outrageous that we hit our children with those things and that we've adopted the habit of hitting the people we love with these particular objects. So I put it in there like that because I needed to really hit home. When you see trophies in a phone, and can you imagine being hit with a phone or hit with a big metal trophy, things like that? We have to get that together because we're leaving marks in our children. We said before that, that people have questioned why you said beating black kids specifically on the topic. You're African-American. So in part, I can understand you're wanting to speak to, sure. to your people. But is it, do you feel, a bigger issue among black people, people of color than others? It's a bigger issue for black people primarily because we use it as sort of our shield. Um, we want our kids to fear us. It's, it's sort of like not having power in the real world. We exert power over our children. And other races don't really have that phenomenon. I don't care where they come from. They may not speak English, but they will open up a restaurant or open up a newsstand or whatever, and they have these different systems in place that build the family up. But we don't have that in place. So when people say to you, well, I got beaten, I got spanked as a child, and I turned out okay. Yeah, they say that, and I say, mm, no, you didn't. And I often say, well, we're products of lynching also, and that doesn't, what does that mean? You understand violence? 
doesn't it didn't create anything good in us. It left a lot of bad memories in us. And I can talk to several adults today that talk about how getting hit by their parents or aunts affected them and, or their inability as adults. So you have a, a parental code of ethics yes. um, that you suggest to parenting. It's a, a, a list of things. And one of them in particular is that people need to find essentially another way of, of discipline, another discipline solution. Sure. Um, what are some of those other ways? You said negotiate with the child. Right. I think one of the biggest things is to be engaged. And if you don't know what the word, if they don't know what the word, look that up, please, because that's very important. If you're engaged with a child, like if you play video games all day and you have a complaint about that, my question would be, well, have you played yet? What, what level are you on? You know, a lot of my students will say, Ms. K, do you have Facebook? And I go, I have more friends than you, my dear. And it's, a, it's sort of like you get in their world and you become interesting. I think one of the biggest problems is that a lot of adults are boring, and we need to kind of look back to when we were children. Were the adults interesting? No, they're just like adults. So you have to get in their world a little bit and get engaged and really get them interested in what you have to say, or else you will sound like the Charlie Brown teacher Womp, 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 you know, just boring everybody to death. It sounds to me what, what you're really hoping to do here is, not, is to get people to think, but to also get them to have a conversation about this issue. You, you uh, I think, have some ads uh, in Harlem right. uh, essentially calling people's attention to the issue. Definitely. Um, there are trash cans that line Harlem in different places, and I chose to get the book publicized on those trash cans because it's 24 hours. It's unconventional. It um, makes people say, what is that? And I have people's reaction to those trash cans, and I just want it to be in the, in the middle of the black community so they can really see it and feel it and talk about it. And I, and I want it to go beyond talking about it but to implement what's in the book because that is, it's a book where things can be implemented. And I put those little, key, I put little keys next to every solution so that people can actually see. And it's not really like a, a doing this, like put them in the corner, never that. But one of the points I love on the Parental Code of Ethics is I will only seek excellence in my child if I am excellent myself. That, to me, just says it all. Like, stop wanting things in them if you are not exemplary of those things. That does sound like words to parents. I love it. Asada Kirkland, thank you so much for being with us. The book is eminently readable. I did mark pages, and I am planning to send a copy of this to my mother. I love it. Thank you. It's never too late. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, dip. Bump, 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 bump. I done lost some weight. No. <laughs> anyway, yes, indeed. Man, I, what a blessing. I don't even know how I got that, but the point is, you know, let's get this word spread. I do see that we have Viata on the line. Let's bring her on and see what's going down. What's up, Viata? Grand rising, my sister. That was a really great interview. I was so enjoying um, all her questions and your answers. That was great. And I totally agree that your book um, is probably the best book out there to uh, initiate thought-provoking ideas, thought-provoking energy about this subject because a lot of black uh, parents didn't think there were any options other than spanking and and, uh, you know, I think about that's because of slave uh, mentality and, and practice. But I have two grandchildren now, 
and um, their parent, my son and his ex-wife, they didn't. They came out the uh, right out, no spanking because uh, their mother was abused by her father, uh, really bad. My son didn't get a lot of spankings, but they, he agreed with his wife. Yeah, we're not gonna spank them. So you got one child, my granddaughter who's nine. She's very agreeable, respectful most of the time, and you can tell her something once, and she'll do it. Grandson, on the other hand, oh, my goodness. You tell him something <laughs> once, he ignores you twice, he ignores you. The third time, he's like my, my father was a football coach, and he always taught his three mm-hmm. girls that they, he, from his experience, there's three types of people. The first one, you can tell them once, they'll do something. The second one, you can tell them once, they'll do it. The third one, he would say, you have to hit them upside the head before they'll do something. So. We grew up with that, that thought and that mentality that you're going to have these three types of people in your life and or your children mostly. But he was a football coach, so that's how he dealt with his high school students and, and, and philosophy in general. But, my, you know, my right. question to you is when you have that third type of child in your life, like my grandson, uh, you have to be creative, I know, but there's my my philosophy now is a pinch. He does he does well with a pinch, and then he he's like he's in great order. He doesn't he, he's good for like a couple of months, and then he'll try you again. But here's the other. My final thought is respect. Minister Plump brought the right word into it because I trigger. I was triggering my boyfriend a lot with anger, a little anger and resentment because. He was beaten something awful. He All those tools you mentioned in the book, probably all of them were used by his aunt who raised him. So it became, I, I had a red flag thinking about your book and his life, and I said, you know, every time I trigger you, it's because you feel disrespected, whether it's challenging his intellect or challenging him in some other uh, conversation that we might, religion or whatever, it's the disrespect that we came to really understand why he gets triggered. So I see now adults get triggered a lot because they feel disrespected, just as they had experienced when they were children. The whippings, the spankings was disrespectful. But now, even with my grandson, I have to teach him respect goes both ways. You've got to learn how to respect your parents, your grandparents, and I'm going to, in turn, respect you and not bring out an iron cord, an iron cord or a switch. So what are your thoughts about that? Oh, I just, I mean, and thank you for sharing that um, story. The thing is, the third child, I love them, baby. I love the quote-unquote problems, right? I used to uh, teach at an alternative <laughs> high school, so all my students, all my students were, uh, you know, house arrest, dropped out of school, what have you. But those students, those children require skills. As parents, as adults, we got to be skilled because they are on another wavelength. It ain't even bad. It might be too advanced for us, but we got to get our skills set up because the pinch is going to make them whatever, stop whatever, because they don't want to be pinched again, but it's not going to get to that root. And if we as parents don't get to the root, of what we're seeing. My two slap my, my slap and two spankings that I got in the world, they were all for nasty sexual things that I was doing. Too little. Whether it was writing right the wrong words and it was sexual or 
it was uh, a, a keychain and the people was naked, whatever. But the thing about it is I got spanking for those things, but because there was no communication, nobody caught the molester that made it, so I knew those things. You understand? They missed it because the yeah. spanking might have made yeah. him not have that behavior again, but it didn't catch his butt before he was there. He was dead by the time they found out. So we're missing issues when we hit because there's some things underneath the issues. They might not like your man. They might not like what you're doing as an adult, but they can't say it because children should be seen and not heard. And so they take extra skill. They take um, the respect to communicate enough to get to the root. Sometimes they don't want to share it. They feel with corny. But if you are keen as an adult, you will find it. You know, we can find it, and we can find what makes them tick. Them feel appreciated. That's what they want to feel appreciated. Respect doesn't is not a noodle neck thing. We think respect is this or whatever, and that's not to say you personally. But respect comes from the heart because you admire the person. So find things to admire about them. Let them know about it. Let them feel good about themselves. So the self love will create better behavior. So there's that. Okay. Thank so, you so much, so Sister Viata, for calling in. Let me. Let me point out one more thing about the tablets and the things that we give children, Mike, because they get a lot of that from their parents. And when you say appreciate it, it's almost like parents give these kids these tablets to play the game, to do whatever, because they are, they're bored or they're, they don't have the energy or whatever. But I think maybe that's a sign for them that you don't appreciate me. What do you when you're giving a child a, a, a tool like that, instead of hugging them, talking to them, paying attention to them, the, interacting with them, maybe that's what's at the root of that third child. You don't appreciate me. It could be. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I can't. Everything is different. But when it comes to the way that right. these young people communicate today. They need devices, yeah. they swipe, they do, and we got to step it up. we the ones that don't have email or I don't have social media. Yeah, okay. Okay, dark ages, stop playing. You know, we are not <laughs> relevant to them. You know, right, we're not right, relevant to right. them because okay. they are digital and yeah. they are. So we need just to game and make it so that we can speak the same language as them because we're improving our skills, and that's kind of how I see that. But we have somebody in the studio, so I do want to thank you, Sister Viata. I want to bring this sister on before we thank leave you. today. Um, and you got it. And this sister, y'all, is rocking. All right. This sister is rocking in Virginia. That's my girl. That's my girl. Her name is Ashley Angulo, and she has an organization called Inspire Family Empowerment. I'm bringing on my baby today. Hey, mama. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Welcome. Okay. Welcome. Nope. You're looking good. Yeah, come on, girl. We talked about it. We got to do a show, me and you. So just tell them a little bit. We don't have a whole lot of time, but tell them a tad about what you do and why you connected to me. Yeah, so I started Inspire initially because I, of my own experience being a mom, I was a single parent. I have 10 kids at the moment, eight of my biological children. And I um, I am a parent who was trying to heal my own trauma and also parent my kids at the same time. And trying to learn how to do that, I really found that the resources that were out there for trying to be an intentional parent were very Eurocentric. Um, 
And as a mom who has tried to, you know, consciously parent my kids in a domestic violence shelter in, you know, situations that were not optimal, I really felt like I was reading parenting books and I was looking for resources. And, and the, the suggestions were things like, well, in free parent Annie's hours, you know, or, you know, it was things that just don't apply to us. And I'm like, I'm in the hood. Like, I'm by myself. I have all of these children with all of these needs. You tell me to go get a nanny. That's not realistic advice. Like, how do I do this? How do I work on myself so I can then parent my children effectively? And so when I saw feeding black kids, I was like, oh, my God, it's a black mom who has the same vision. I was really excited about that. And the neighborhood, um, I'm actually in my transitional house building right now. And the neighborhood that we have our transitional housing program in is they're trying to gentrify. But it's, it's a black neighborhood. And we have families here who have generations and generations of dysfunction. And it's just because they don't know. Nobody has been like, hey, there's a different way you could do this instead. And so by bringing you to our resource expo last year, my goal with the expo was to make create an environment where people were engaged and interacting. You know, there's so many, we have so many resource fairs in, you know, low-income neighborhoods, and it's just they hand you papers, they hand you papers, and you go to the next booth. And I didn't want it to be like that. I said I wanted it to be interactive where people came and they felt recharged, and they felt like I'm inspired and I'm going to go home and do something differently. Like right now, I don't have to wait for a program. I can walk out today. I have a new tool in my toolbox. I have a new skill. I connected with my child. Me and my child are on the same wavelength. And that was really valuable. And the message that you brought when you spoke, um, you and Mr. Taz, who was also fantastic, and that was exciting as well, um, the message that you brought, I am still getting comments about a year later. People are still telling me, I mean, I wasn't really thinking of my children as people, but, you know, I thought it was like, that's the whole person. You have to talk to your children like people. And she was like, after I thought about it, she is a person, <laughs> you know. And for those of us who are maybe further along on our parenting journey, we might be like, well, that's obvious. But it's not to somebody who has themselves been mistreated. And that the initial um, survey that you did was so impactful. Um, I, I actually have kind of stolen it, and I have asked that question to people. You know, when in my parenting coaching, um, in my new role, I just took a new position as a family support worker with an agency here that's contracted with CPS. And um, one of that's a question now that I ask people, what's the first time you were exposed to violence? And a lot of times, first of all, it's heartbreaking, but a lot of times people are thinking about gun violence. And I'm like, no, the first time you felt fear at the hands of someone else, and when you phrase it like that, oh, it was my dad, it was my mom, it was my grandma. And then they realize that same fear that I felt, my child feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Inspire just kind of grew out of that, and we, we branched off. We're doing so many different things now. Um, we've got our transitional housing program. We're doing family preservation. That's a huge part of it because, you know, our children are being put in the system and they're not coming back out. And we are losing them. And so family preservation is so important because most parents want to do well. People love their children. They just don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I have seen I have seen families that, I mean, I, I, there was a mom who was literally beating her child with a, a tree branch. Like, she, not a switch, like a whole stick off of a tree. She was beating that girl. And I had to get on her level, and I was like, listen, I have kids too, and there are, there are days when you're like, I really feel like doing X, Y, Z. 
Like, you are taking me to that place. And then you, we're going to step away, and we're going to feel how we feel. We're going to regulate ourselves. And then we can go back, and we can co-regulate with our child. And she called me and was like, I just want you to know, I was really ready to throw her out the window. She was like, I had my stick. I was ready to go. And then I remembered I was supposed to walk away. I walked away, and I came back. She was like, I did holler, but I didn't hit her. That's progress. That's progress. That's the right direction. Yes, ma'am. Um, it's just, it's been amazing. And it's, it's been very fulfilling to watch people make changes, including myself. Like, I'm still learning. Girl, did y'all hear that? She, she giving me goose pimples. I'm like, eh. Because you do make an impact on people. It's so important. And, y'all, when y'all see this little mama, she a little mama. Y'all think I'm short and I'm a little whatever. <laughs> see, that's my tribe right there. She's so little talking about she got 10 kids, eight of her own. See, that's a cold system. And I'm going to tell y'all, when I did that speaking engagement with you, so there's the side where you're providing this for your children and for the community, but I had a talk with your girls, the good, the big ones, a little small talk, but I said, do you understand that your mama did all this? And they were a little taken aback in a good way, but they were like, she did what? She did all this? And I was like, yeah, your mama cold, boy. And, I mean, it kind of shifted. I saw a little shift in their respect for you because they really didn't know. So I just want to say thank you for coming on today, girl. You are the bomb. Let's sit so we can do more of this and get yes. this on the airwaves Absolutely. and do the thing. Do that thing with Inspire Family Empowerment. I love you so much. Thank you for being on today, my love. Thank you. <laughs> Talk to you soon. So peace. All right, y'all, let me tell you. Ooh, 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 I got the goodness. In the studio right now, oh, 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 is somebody. Let me just... Let me get ready for her right now. Um, she is somebody who, hold on, let me see. Okay. She is somebody who has been so supportive of me. And she's made it so that I've been able to bring this message into Chicago schools, baby. She had me in the Latino community. I'll be able to use my Spanglish. I'll be like, oh, mamacita. Da, 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 da. Anyway, I'm going to bring her on right now. This is none other than Norma Salendon. How beautiful. Hi, Asada. Can you hear me okay? Yes. I call her the CTS diva, baby. That's cold sister right there. So um, thank you for being on. We don't have a whole lot of time, but we got enough time to hear you, baby. Um, can you just share with the audience, like, why? Why connect to my book? I don't even know how you found me, but what in your mind was that? What's the intention behind you bringing me in the fold? You know, I'm having a little bit of trouble hearing you. Okay. Uh, so I wonder if it is a connection. Uh, the volume seems really low. Okay. Let's see if that volume sounds better. Can you hear me? Um, I can barely hear you. I wonder if I should, uh, if it would be okay for your listeners for me to pop out and pop right back yep, in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Go ahead and do it. I apologize. No listeners. problem. No problem. So that sister right there, Mm-mm. Hercules, 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 she is massive because um, she calls shots and creates these opportunities for me to talk to the parents. And it was those experiences, I can't even tell you um, how they've impacted me, but um, the fact that, they, you know, you got to have big people in, in important places. And I think in one of the workshops, um, it was a Spanish workshop, 
And I had given a list of 101 things to say to a child, right? And so to your child, 101 positive things to say to your child. So um, hold on. Let me make sure I got her name right. right. So do you know one of the parents started crying? And when I found out why she was crying, she was crying because she said, none of these things have ever been said to me. And she didn't know how she was going to say them to her children because she wasn't, she had not experienced having that, uh, that reality for her. Somebody just saying those positive things to her. And so that's deep. I was like, what? Like, you know, because I'm so used to saying positive things to my daughter. Yo, some, everybody's not in that space. And so, yeah, we got to really just be about the, the healing of the situation and confronting the issue. Just confront the issue. Like, just look at it. The thing about the book, and I'm going to tell this one story, um, there was this, this radio show. It had like five dudes on it or something like that, and they were talking about my book. I wasn't on the show. And they were talking about the book like, Oh, please. Yeah, right. Yeah. I wish I would. Yeah, of course I'm going to hit my kids. I'm fine. I turn off all that kind of stuff. So they were going to have me on the show the following week. So I was ready to confront that energy, like, let's go. But the brothers had read the book prior to my coming on. Oh, Lord. They didn't give me no fight. Do you know this was a, a radio show full of black men? that was so supportive of what I had to say, I was just, I was amazed. I was like, what? Because there was no fight. They read the sanity in the book, and they actually found solutions to of better things to do with their children and to pass on. Yo, I just saw the brothers buying that book. I have one brother so anti what I'm saying in the book before reading it, but then read it. Homie was like, I need five copies of those. One going to his mother, blah, blah, blah. So the key about this book, and, and I want you, if you're watching this, this is to anybody that, this is Gathering of the Griots. So this is where we're going to talk, talk to black writers. But I need people to understand, because some of y'all out there haven't written your book yet, okay? And it's really about the fact that there's an issue you need to address, and your book helps you address it. So let's, let me try to bring my girl on again and see if she can hear me. Can you hear me, Norma? Can you hear me? Can. Yeah, I can't imagine the time I can hear you. Ah, ah. Yes. So all I want you to do, you beautiful woman, um, I want you to just tell the audience just a little bit about who you are, but why bring me into your fold? What was that about? What was that intention about? Well, I, I recently uh, left uh, Chicago Public Schools. Oh, bye. I I'm taking that down. <laughs> Go ahead. I was serving as the Title I district manager, and if you know about Title I, Title I is our funds to supplement uh, learning. They are federal funds, and there is a component uh, that involves parent engagement. So my job was to make sure that the districts across the, um, the schools across the district were using their parent engagement money. And part of my job was also to do some leadership development. There are amazing parent leaders that often need support to do their job better at uh, their local schools. 
So why did I bring you on board? Who would not want the amazing Asada near them? <laughs> I uh, became acquainted with Asada when we were doing uh, regional meetings for parents, and her presence was just, I mean, you could feel it. I mean, and, and all of you, your viewers know that um, any room that you are in, you light up. So that was one. Um, so selfishly, I wanted to continue to be around that Asada energy, but also I just adored um, the message that you were bringing to the parents. Um, especially you were um, sharing with you um, your book, um, but more, more, more than just the book. You were really invested in making sure that parents were shining. Um, and I thought this is a model that parents need to have in front of them. It is so tough to be a parent. Um, and then on top of that, to be a parent leader, I mean, that is something that, it, you know, I, my hat's off to any parent who steps up into those roles. Uh, we're doing it voluntarily, and we're doing it really because of the passion and the love that we have for our children, but also for other parents. And so that is why I wanted you. In our spaces, we had a summit. We had a leadership summit, and I gathered other similar uh, parents with the same energy. And I wanted there to be a balance. I, I brought parents with different skills. Um, and different ways of approaching leadership development, and you were that key component to bring it all together, Asana. Mm, thank you, Booby. Look, y'all, <laughs> queen, no queen. Do you understand me? Queen, no queen. And and I just am so appreciative because, you know, I'm a black girl, that's good, but, boy, I be loving me some Latina community too. I mean, you know, and the reason I do is because, don't get it twisted, the parenting in the in the Latino community, I'm sorry, I be seeing them sisters take them kids to school, and I see whole families going places, and there's just a sliver of there's a difference in the connection of the community, and so when you all the things are well populated, and the reason is because the parents at the school they really taking the kids to the school and really involved, and so that for me, I love that you know because it it translates into application, you know, how can they use this? How will they use it? I was just talking about a sister. I had given out a list of 101 uh, ways that you can say something positive to your child. And there was one Latina sister who, this might have been through another organization, but who cares? I'm talking about the Latina community. Look, she's going to look at the list and start crying because she was trying to express, nobody never told me this. I never was said, this wasn't said to me. So she was trying to figure out how to say it for her child. And so, yeah, this, 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 I need conduits like yourself to pull me into other communities that do have some of these same issues. I know because I was in Spanish Harlem when I wrote it, and some of those lists of objects used to, you know, beat kids or whatever, what you want to do, kneel on some rice, that's what you want to do, kneel on some corn, <laughs> you know, that came out the Latino community right there. Um, no, we need to handle all of it because it comes from, you know, we're all a part of the same diaspora, and it comes from being, you know, colonized by others and, and things used against us, and we use it against ourselves. So go ahead, girl, because you're shaking your head. You're rolling the head. What the, say something about that, honey. Say it. Well, I'm just going to say that, you know, 
Look, you are speaking the truth, Asada. And let, let me tell you, one of the reasons that I brought you on is because um, this is this is beyond um, leadership development. This is beyond parenting. This is really about work that needs to be done to correct those oppressions that have been coming down on us for hundreds and hundreds of years. And there has to be some connection across these oppressed communities. Um, and especially right now, there is a brown-black divide. And I intentionally had those presenters represent different um, racial and ethnic sectors mm-hmm. because they needed to hear similar messages across the board. Nice. Um, my mother uh, was a teacher, and she talked to me about those practices of kneeling on rights or having uh, kids um, side with books in their hands if they were not behaving in class. And so this has been stuff that we have to unlearn. So it's not only about learning new things, but it's unlearning all that mm. stuff. And unlearning those roots, I mean, we got to tear that stuff up from the bottom. And, and it can only be done if they hear it collectively from everyone. So I, I, that was another main reason, the message that you were bringing about how to connect with our children has to be with the erasure of that physical um, punishment that, that we know too well that has been handed down by our abuelas. And, you know, we've been watching it, and we we support each other around that. Yeah, it's all right to beat my child uh, because I love them. And so that there's something wrong there when yes. you're trying to equate you know, physical violence with love. You know, there's something not right, not right. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because I have communicated that to families. I saw this one brother hitting his daughter. She had to be like four on the train, and I got up, and I stood next to him. Don't make a scene. I ain't trying to make a scene. That's what makes them angry. But I stood next to him, and I just whispered to him. I said, you hitting her teaches her that men that love her can hit her. And he just looked at me, but he got it. You know what I'm saying? And that, like you said, it's a little psychotic to equate. I used to do in my workshop, go, can I hit you right now out of love? I think I do like you. That's not out of love. And they look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, so that's how your children are looking at you. They don't feel loved when they get hit. And we need to really key into, like you said, that was so powerful. I'm going to find a way to put that in to unlearn, not even learning new things, but unlearning the behavior that has been so debilitating for all these years. So I love you tremendously. You have no idea. (laughs) And I am going to be an Asada cheerleader for a long time. Yay. And let's connect and continue to, uh, I'm thinking about doing a show on this topic because this, we can talk about this topic a whole nother hour, believe me, because it's such a, it, it permeates our community and what we're seeing in it. That lack of self-love comes from the fact that you can't even go home and feel supported. You might go home and you're going to get your butt kicked by the people that love you. And so that we got to change and help. Yeah, you know, break these cycles. I'm break. a former domestic violence um, counselor, and I know that those things, unless we break 
those cycles, this is going to continue. It's going to continue. I thank you so much for coming thank on today, baby. You, you are awesome. Thank you for carrying on. Peace. Bye-bye. All right. Y'all, if you want to call in, it's almost that time. Yo, call in at the number that you see, that 727-731-5192, and call in. If you want to make a comment, you can literally comment under the video um, right there on Facebook, and we'll see that comment, and you can do so on YouTube as well. Put a comment. I will definitely put it on the screen. I love that you guys are out there hearing this message. I want to shout out a sister who confronts. She confronts this issue every day. Don't play with me. Her name is Archie. What is it, Golden Girl? Let me see, Archie Golden. Let me look on Facebook. That's my girl. Because this sister, she confronts the issue, um, and she deals with it talking about um, matriarchy and what we're doing with this matriarchy is, being these mothers who create this, oh, God. They like to use the word trauma, but I don't, I don't feel like using trauma because Intellectuals like to use that term, but I need us to look at this thing. It's ugly. It is hurtful, but I need us to confront it so we can do something better about it. But I want to give a shout-out because, yo, she confronts issue daily. I want to help her. Um, She's talking about making a book about the things that she puts on Facebook daily. So mm, 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 mm. love you, girl. Um, I see that I made a video this morning. Um, Adrian Sky, I hope you watching, baby. She said, when and what time for the show? Maybe you see it right now. But she's also been a supportive of me um, and had me on um, her shows, her media uh, avenue for getting the word out. So here's the deal, guys, as we close for today. We're getting close to closing time, but I still can any callers, if you want to say a thing or ask a question, please feel free to call in. But I just want to kind of say, look, Look, think of what the ideal scene needs to be for you and your family. What's ideal in terms of your relationships? I'm not talking about money and all that right now. I'm talking about your relationships. Confront the fact that we were raised, some of us, to resent children. Just what? Raised to resent children and the things that they have to, to say and do. But we can change that by looking at children first, okay? And think about how we want it to be communicated with. So we do have a caller. I think uh, Mama AZ is on the line. Go ahead, um, Naima. Let the sister in. Greetings, sister. Can you hear me? I can. What's up, sis? Thank you so much. I know it's closing time. Grand Risings to uh, the families. Thank you so much for being uh, here on this day. Uh, And thank you, Brother Nelson, for calling in. I hope that you do take Brother Nelson on tour. And uh, I want to say today is a nine, the energy number of today. That has to do with spirituality, birthing, and uh, I'm grateful for you for giving me a heads up on something that I have been pondering about. Call me, uh, get my number from Dr. Latif, 
because I'd like to have a session uh, uh, with you. Uh, and now, is your book an e-book or whatever they call it? Because it's challenging sure. for you to uh, reprint. Okay. Sure, you Can go you right call? Because it is something that I need to personally say to you offline if when you have the opportunity. And thank you so much. Thank us. Oh, thank you, sis. I appreciate you, no doubt. Y'all be at the website, beatingblackkids.com. Um, that's where you go to get the, um, you can get the e-book there, you can get the regular book there. I might have even put the parental code of ethics up there, something. Who knows? I got to go see. But, yeah, I, I appreciate the support. And, um, yep, like you said, I'll get the get the number from Sister Naima to make sure that I reach out to you, no question. Thank you. Anybody else, if we have anybody else that wants to call in, I want to share. I said I would do it, so I like to keep my word. My daughter, um, her website, one of them is patientsphotography.com, where you can see all of her work. And her, I don't know about all. She need to put more up there to me, even though it's a lot up there. But she's such a phenomenal. She has such a phenomenal eye. And I love that she said, like, she loves what she does. And she loves when people admire her photography. It's fabulous, honey. Capture the world. If that, you know, I put a lot of things in her path. And I think that's the thing as parents, raising our skills and not our hands to discipline our children or to rear our children. I don't say discipline because ain't nobody trying to discipline nobody, in my opinion. That's something that you create because you set your own boundaries, right? But when you talk about what she grasps and loves, it's that photography. So I'm very happy about that. Um, and, and I had her at an audition one time, right? It was like some club. And I wanted her to sing. My daughter could really sing, but she didn't feel like singing. And the dude said, you look like you up there because your mother made you get up there. I was like, damn, why is he saying that? But anyway, uh, the photography is what she really wanted to do. But in talking about it, she realized we actually come from a line of photographers. She's a photographer. I know some stuff, of course. Um, My brother Lloyd is a photographer. My dad was a photographer. My grandpa was a photographer. So it's interesting that we have this skill to capture life or sometimes we see things that help people shift how they see things and they see it in a deeper light. It's a it's an incredible skill to have. So that's one of her websites. So go ahead, pay, 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 pay. And this is her other website, um, Urban Girl Adventures. That's for her book. And um, that's the book she came out with when she was seven years old. And you can go to urbangirladventures.com and Check her out. See her webisode. She has a webisode that is like the same as her book, but she's a little older. But anyway, you can do so many wonderful things with your children, wonderful things, wonderful, wonderful things. And the thing about it is, yeah, Being Black Kids got it, but in it, it has solutions. Let's look at the solutions to what we want to see for real for our future because the reality is that you're not going to be here, adults. It's the children that's going to be here, and they're the ones that are going to have to be equipped with the skills to maintain a good future. We need to end the cycle on this poverty and the cycle on, you know, this lack of love of self and get back to what it felt like to uh, love each other. And because you can't love, you can't love nobody if you don't love yourself. I'm going to tell you that right now. 
So let me see if there's anybody else on the line. Again, if you want to call in, I'm going to put the number of the show up for you. And that is, yep, we're discussing Beating Black Kids by Asada. If you haven't read it, yep, go to my website. You'll find it. That's great. But um, you can also call in with whatever as we get ready to come to a close. we got like, I don't know, about two, three minutes. But, yeah, again, I want to thank the Female Solution for always supporting me. Naima has always supported me as the author of Beating Black Kids since I got to Chicago. And I know that it's a, a, a topic that she's very passionate about. And so being able to have a sister queen say the same things, we just want this to continue to resonate, resonate until it, it takes place on a whole nother level. Um, Norma talked about a summit that they had uh, for parenting, but hmm, I think I might be conjuring up a summit for this topic as well. And what I was saying to you authors out there and future Remember that your book is a reflection of an idea or a viewpoint, and shows like this will happen for your books as well, where we delve into the topic, but we look at your book as a conduit to dealing with the topic, okay? And that's going to, that's got to be a member for that to happen. So go to soulfulchicagobookfair.com. Let me see. Do I got that up there? Go to soulfulchicagobookfair.com and go to membership and then look at what it's all about, you know, being a member, what you get for being a member and all of that. And then, just as a side, coming up will be our next book fair on April 20th. So love you guys and we coming to a close. Let's do this next Tuesday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Peace. Go ahead, pump, pump that. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows. Order our books. And be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Cunyon, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings.
Peace out. See you next Tuesday. Muted.